0: Hey, and welcome to the Bad Romance Podcast. I'm Jordane Searles.
1: And I'm Bronwyn Isaac.
0: And on this episode, we are talking about a classic from both our childhoods, The Other Sister, directed by the late Gary Marshall. And uh, I feel like if, we're, if a person is going to do, if people are going to do a podcast about bad romances, it's impossible not to talk about Gary Marshall because he is kind of the king of them. (laughs) Like, uh, anything post pretty woman is fair game. I think
1: how many, I'm trying to think, what are some of the other Gary Marshall films that you would name as, as bad? Like the, like, your top five or your top three a Scary Marshall. I mean, I realize um, I'm putting
0: you on the spot, but I'm curious. Uh, well, like, I'm, I'm off the top of my head because I haven't even picked up my phone yet, but off the top of my head, there's Valentine's Day, there's New Year's Eve, there's Mother's Day, there's... The
1: symbolism is painful. There's Runaway Bride. Oh, I love <laughs> Runaway Bride. I mean, <laughs> I know what it is you know yeah. <laughs> I know that it's bad but that yeah yeah I have to do that one next uh, yeah I mean
0: I've I've seen Runaway Bride a bunch of times so I yeah. wouldn't mind oh my god I'm like I opened up Gary Marshall's Wikipedia let's just see what's gonna be here um god you know I haven't seen I haven't seen Exit to Eden but I feel like it's bad uh, Dear God with Greg Kinnear, Raising Helen. I don't know. Is
1: Raising Helen bad? I've never seen it. Um, I haven't seen Raising Helen, but if my mind is telling me correctly, I feel like it's one of those films that I've heard good things about. Okay. And of course there is the notoriously bad
0: Georgia rule, which I don't, I'm fascinated by Georgia rule. And I don't even know. Does it count as a rom-com? Kind of does. There's love. There's, there's love in Georgia rule there's Jane Fonda too and it i mean i i think i i think what he's most known for like being terrible although i do think that the princess diaries this is an unpopular opinion, but I don't like the Princess Diaries movie. But, and definitely not the second one. That's a popular opinion that the second one is trash. But I don't like the first one because I read all of the books. I mean, like, I read the story from when Mia goes to... When is still in high school to when Mia graduates high school and gets married and goes to college. Like, I read her entire life. So I know what the books are, and that movie wasn't it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what... What... Did you feel the movie messed up on the most? Um, Most of what was
0: wrong with it was uh, Julie Andrews, unfortunately. Julie Andrews is great in the movie and she plays a great character. Unfortunately, that character is not the grandmother from the book. She was completely rewritten (laughs) to be a very, very nice and kind and charismatic woman. She's not a nice kind and charismatic woman in the book. She is she smells like cigarettes and Chanel number no. 5. She drinks sidecars. She keeps a hairless dog in her purse. She dries on she draws on her eyebrows every morning.
1: Yeah, that's a completely different... <laughs> Julian, she wouldn't play that role. No, nah, Julie Andrews <laughs> wouldn't play that role. We need to bring in Glenn Close for that. Oh, yes. Glenn Close all day and night. Yeah, She's
0: honestly, Glenn so- Close should have been the grandmother if in, in a proper adaptation, but it wasn't a proper adaptation. It was a feel-good Disney movie, and miracles happen once in a while when you believe and all that other shit.
1: I, you know... <laughs> Princess Bride. Wow, you came for, you came for a big one. Uh, you, you that that's a that is an unpopular opinion. That's that is an opinion I disagree with. I am not. <laughs> I'm however I'm not someone who knows the whole movie by heart and you know is gonna like show you my Princess Bride tattoo and uh, get you're super saying, angry. You mean you feel- mean Princess Diaries? <laughs> huh?
0: You keep on saying Princess Bride.
1: Oh you you mean princess you're talking about princess oh wow uh, yeah yeah i'm talking about the princess diary and i keep saying princess bride
0: you keep on saying princess you're bride you're not coming
1: for princess bride no
0: never would i would never come for princess bride yeah princess
1: diary was, is, diary is like uh eh. the only thing good about it is Jason wow I, that was just a mind fuck for me <laughs>
0: Pres-
1: uh, somehow no, I was melding no, my, those.
0: my boyfriend is very, very into Princess Bride. I would never slander it in his yeah. apartment. I would never do that.
1: Yeah, that was that was a
0: mind <laughs> fuck. Oh my um, god, I don't know. I don't and know. Then you talked
1: about Julie Andrews, and I was on board. So I don't know what my brain was doing. Yeah, because Julie Andrews is definitely Princess not <laughs> a grandma in the Princess Bride. That's not a thing. So. And I love how we went on this whole tangent. Also, this, to, none to of its, this is relevant to, to avoid, the other sister.
0: To avoid talking about the other sister, we because a, it's
1: so like I don't know how to talk about the other sister without just uh, my stomach is going to hurt you know yeah I mean definitely it's a lot
0: um okay so let's let's give a rundown of plot uh the other sister is the story of a mentally challenged woman who had a lot of anger problems and problems with bullying when she was living at home And her parents didn't know what to do. Diane Keaton was at the end of her rope, as she often is. And Tom Skerritt was on the sauce and he wasn't being a parent. And so Diane Keaton stepped up and was just like, "Okay, we're sending her to this school in Santa Barbara where they can take care of her special needs, special needs that no one describes or explains throughout this entire movie. All we know is that she at the beginning is that she is better, and Tom Skerritt has come to get her because she is better, but we don't know what's better about her.
1: And I, I feel like it's important to to let people know that uh, Carla, the the mentally challenged young woman, is played by Juliet Lewis. Yes. Um and her sisters I I feel like this was an intentional choice that both of her sisters in the movie look alike and they have blonde hair. And then she has brown hair and she looks more like Diane Keaton.
0: Yeah, she definitely looks more like Diane
1: Keaton. And the and the sisters look more like her dad. And I feel like maybe I'm reading too deep into this, but I felt like there was a dynamic there because Diane Keaton is so overprotective and has a lot of guilt for, for sending yeah. Carla away to the school, but also obviously can't handle... She doesn't know how to be a mom to somebody. She really doesn't know how to be a mom to any of she them. She doesn't
0: really know. Yeah, she doesn't uh, know how to be a... She She's not sure how to be a mother, which makes me think that, you know, she she seems very waspy. Like, these are, like, old money people. Um, and it, what it seems like, um, especially based on the way that she tries to mother Carla, is that she was probably raised by a governess or something. Like, I don't feel like her mom was very hands-on. And I think that... She was, you know, she had a lot of lessons, you know, maybe she went to boarding school, maybe she went to finishing school, and all she really knows is how to teach traits
1: of proper ladyhood, but she doesn't know how to give love. That's a really good read, because I definitely, I mean, there's that point where she makes Carla go play tennis. Carla hates tennis, and she says... All well-bred young women either play tennis, chess, or what was uh, bridge. That was, yes, bridge, bridge, and that was a very WASPy and very indicative of the way she was raised and the idea of uh, certain manners and grooming, um, and also just completely arbitrary. What like what is tennis going to yeah, do for you? I mean, like, because yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's all about uh, it, it's, it's cultural so, signifiers. It, it's so
0: weird to me because. Did you feel like Diane Keaton and
1: Tom Skerritt ever had a good relationship? Like I I don't their relationship baffled me because you know, in the movie there's that they get in a fight at one point because Carla wants to live in an apartment on her own and Diane Keaton and uh and Tom Skerritt get in an argument and she brings up the fact that Tom had been drinking um and then he's just like, I've been
0: sober since blah, blah, blah years, yeah, like, blah, blah, blah months and seven hours like eight and 23 seconds. And like, Isn't that enough? And it's like, <laughs> okay,
1: fair. Like... <laughs> <laughs> alcoholism is a big issue dealing right. with it's not easy for anyone sure but their chemistry in the movie it did it felt realistic it felt like a marriage especially one that's been going on for 20 something maybe 30 years yeah but it didn't feel it didn't feel like one where there was really any romantic love anymore or even you couldn't even imagine them having been in love, it kind of felt like they just fell into each other when they were young, you know, yeah, and maybe I mean, had some good sex. I don't know. I like, mean,
0: like, it seems like she seems very overbearing and also maybe taller than him, or I'm just imagining that. Um, but like, I can kind of <laughs> see, I can kind of see a situation, where, like, their parents were like, this is a very accomplished and intelligent young woman. This is the woman that you should court. And he was like, okay. And, like, they got together, and she was really smart and really interesting, but, like, there was no spark. But, like, I don't know, she gets pregnant, and he's just like, okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Tom Skerritt (laughs) felt very directionless, and then Diane Keaton was a control freak. Yeah, yeah. And so it felt, it did feel like a lot of real relationships you see, you know. And that, <laughs> I don't think that's really even gendered. It was more just like a lot of relationships. There's one person who's kind of calling the shots, and that's not necessarily healthy. But it's
0: oh yeah. And oh, common. do you remember that part in the movie where Carla's just like Carla's like, well, Dad makes all the money
1: and you run everything. And I'm just like, girl. Oh, that roast. <laughs> that oh, that moment was so cathartic. <laughs> that was a drag. That was such a drag. And and especially because Tom Skerritt kind of had a little twinkle in his eye like he felt seen but of course he couldn't (laughs) confirm it because like he like he had to oh that that was a really the thing the thing with this movie is there were a lot of good nuanced moments yeah i felt like particularly with the family dynamics they they did a good job of there's just good actors in this movie. And oh so the- yeah.
0: Everyone was great. Like Sarah Paulson was great. I really actually appreciated that Sarah Paulson, who is a lesbian, played a lesbian. Oh yeah. Oh Cause, yeah. Cause I didn't know that she was a lesbian when I saw it as a kid. And then when I found out that she actually was one, I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. A lesbian playing a lesbian. Good. That like almost never happens,
1: Right. And like, <laughs> and she's, yeah. And she's addressing an issue. That's very real. Like the issue of, her parents knowing that she's gay but acting like it's a phase being in denial and basically not not wanting to meet her partner even though she has
0: a long-term serious partner who is played by um penny marshall's daughter by the way which i thought was like a cute tidbit totally (laughs) yeah
1: yeah even though she's got you know a monogamous stable partner which is more than most straight people have yeah i mean definitely
0: (laughs) i mean lesbian that's the thing lesbians lesbians like they're serial monogamists. (laughs) Like I I would be mad about like making a blanket statement like that. Like, Oh, people are going to be really upset, but the people would have to already be part of this fan base. And what is the fan base? So, I mean, lesbians are serial
1: monogamous. Okay. It's just true. I know a lot of them. It's true. true. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I can definitely confirm, um, at least from observation, I feel like more so than, Straight people. <laughs> <laughs> also, which, which is not to recenter straight people, but just because, like, in this Context, It's that comparison that the parents are making there. Yeah. Oh, my God. So um,
0: the other sister, not the other sister, not the titular other sister, but not Sarah Polson, not Carla. The other sister is played by Poppy Montgomery, who I looked up on Wikipedia to find that her full birth name is Poppy Petal Emma Elizabeth Devereaux Donahue.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's a lot there. That's a lot. <laughs> You definitely have to act to shake that off. Like that Whoa. is... Like what? Petal is in there,
0: man. Like at least the others are like regular names, but Petal, like a flower Petal, girl.
1: Oh man, yeah. Like she, she probably, like she's a great actress, but her role, when it came to the sisters, she was definitely the most, she was the blandest of the sisters. Oh yeah, because engaged. she was just like... She, she didn't was have like, any issues, you know? She wasn't yeah. gay. She didn't have mental disabilities. I mean, she her didn't me- have any struggle or texture except the fact that her mom judged her for being a teacher and not oh, making yeah.
0: money. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you decided to be a school teacher instead of a professor.
1: Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> even so her husband's still, you know, attractive and making a lot of money yeah and she's gonna be fine and like
0: but like it's interesting because Diane Keaton treats this girl like she is just like a dumb like it's like oh you're getting married well of course you are because you're ruining your career prospects and you're just a wanderer and you're just wandering into this relationship like Diane Keaton seems to be genuinely upset that she's getting married and becoming a school teacher like she didn't live up to her potential in any kind of way like I almost feel like Diane Keaton doesn't like the idea of any of her kids getting married right now like I think she wants them to
1: accomplish more first she's totally like there I and it you know it's interesting because on one hand the movie portrays Diane Keaton as you know high-powered intellectual but there are those lines that say you know that Tom Skerritt pays the bills and you don't really know what she does or doesn't do. Like,
0: I don't think that she has a job. And I think that the issue with that is that she really wants her kids to have a job. Well, except for Sarah Paulson, who she's like, Oh, you're a workaholic. Like it's either you get a job or you have too much job. She just seems really unhappy. Like, I feel like Diane Keaton needed to get, like, a Hitachi magic wand or something. Like, oh. I just feel like she was...
1: <laughs> yeah, because I feel like she was probably too much of a control freak to let Tom Skerritt actually, like, learn... How to? Not that you should teach someone, but you know, like she yeah. wasn't gonna be like, "Yeah, let's go for it, babe." Yeah, she needed no, no, that Hitachi wand. She needed some serious therapy. She, yeah, she needed like, some therapy. She needed some rose. Probably a, a couple mushroom trips. Oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> like, definitely. Maybe, uh, maybe Bay get, Area girl, maybe microdose that. Get um, some
0: weed. Like yeah. enjoy yourself, because like, oh, uh, there's that scene where like, okay, so basically, um, Carla comes back. <laughs> And Diane Keaton is so excited that she has someone else to control. And she's just like, you're going to do this, 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 and this. And then Carla runs away and goes back to Santa Barbara. And then Diane Keaton has to go pick her up. And she has to be like... And the, the principal or whatever has to be like, hey, you're smothering her. You need to calm down. And Diane Keaton's like, do you have kids? What I'm doing is I'm loving her and I'm doing the best that I can and blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, I don't know why you're attacking the messenger. I'm just telling you what Carla said. And she's like, well, you don't know. And Carla doesn't know. No one knows. And
1: <laughs> Yeah, she was the ultimate, the ultimate helicopter mom.
0: And like she... Carla got on a plane and went back to Santa Barbara. Now, I don't know how far Santa Barbara is from San Francisco, but I'm going to assume that, like, it was away. Like, she... Tra- like, she didn't just hop
1: on a bus. She got on a plane away I, from you. <laughs> I also felt like, okay... I also felt like that was a bit of a suspension of disbelief because they go from Carla taking a plane, navigating all of this by herself. She's fine, right? Yeah. And then when she comes back, she tells she she says she wants to go to school. Yeah. So she gets she starts going to the uh, technical college nearby. Yeah. And then she meets young Giovanni Ribisi. Oh yes, who is young the, Giovanni
0: Ribisi, the very
1: cute. Um, Love interest who is also mentally challenged, but he's already more independent than her because he's working two jobs. He's working at a restaurant. He's working at the college, and he's in his own apartment. And he he pretty much tells Carla like, Hey, you could live alone, and and then she goes to ask her parents, and they of course Diane Keaton shuts her down because she's terrified of that idea. But what what felt eventually. After fighting with all of the family, Diane Keaton says yes, and they have enough money, you know, of course, they can just, like, pay for the apartment. Yeah, and it's a nice it. apartment. It's nice. Good God. Like, yeah, you know, like, they very much set, they set up the screenplay so they wouldn't have to deal with a lot of difficulties. Oh, yeah, because it, oh, my God, that
0: apartment has a bay
1: window. I almost wept. What? Yeah, in San Francisco, <laughs> like, yes, this was made, like, 15 years ago, but still. Uh, oh, yeah, and they're really,
0: okay, so, I'm not even looking at my notes. I just remember everything so vividly. This is insane. Like, it was like, it's like when you have a bad movie experience and you're just looking at every detail, looking for something to like. (laughs) You're like, you're it's like a traumatic, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Flashback. (laughs) But, um, uh, okay. There's a part and I don't remember what the exact context is, but, um, Uh, At at some point, um, Tom Skerritt says, Well, you know... At least he's not a Democrat.
1: (gasps) Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I was hoping you would notice that also because that stuck out to me as on one hand, it fit with the way that the family functioned, but on the other hand, it didn't fit with a lot of the other things they said. Yeah. Because
0: here's the thing. Okay. This is 1999. And so you're telling me that Diane Keaton is already marching in gay rights parades and like giving money to GLAD and like... Like in most of the issue with Sarah Paulson being a lesbian is just Diane Keaton thinking that lesbianism was something that wouldn't be in her family. Like not even like a fundamental issue with it itself. And the fact that they seem like very chill about most things. I mean, I mean, I guess you're chill when you have money. But this idea that once he said that, I realized Everyone in this movie is a Republican, including Giovanni Ribisi, which means that we are watching a movie about Republicans and... It just, it and was empathizing weird. with them, right? <laughs> like, empathizing like <laughs> with them. And that just really took me out because I was like, oh my God, I've been caring about Republicans this
1: whole time. That total, No, that to- <laughs> took me out too because, yeah, because Diane Keaton talks about how she's, when she gets in a fight with Sarah Paulson and Sarah Paulson's like, you've never met Michelle, my partner. Um, all this time you're in denial. And Di- Diane goes, you know, like I love the LGBT community and I've donated money and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, this is definitely not a Republican 15 years ago. I'm not saying there aren't Republicans Republicans who had nuanced experiences. Yeah. But at this point in time, if she was progressive enough to give money, she would definitely meet her daughter's partner. That just, yeah. felt, that just felt like too much. I mean, like I, I can understand it being like a whole like,
0: cause I mean, it's very easy to just give money to a group of people and just assume that, okay, well I don't know anyone that's part of this group, so it doesn't matter. Um, so I guess I kind of get that, but it was just like, these could have easily been Democrats. Democrats can be rich too. I just didn't see the point of them being Republicans. And I also like, maybe it's just because I was seven years old when this movie came out. I just can't imagine Republicans
1: being like that. (laughs) I mean, yeah, they felt, they felt like rich Democrats to me, which I mean, honestly, maybe unpopular opinion, but I'm assuming that the people listening aren't all like the 1%. I feel like when you get to a certain level of rich, you become a little bit conservative no matter what. Yeah. You know, like, so even if you were really progressive when you were, you know, whatever age or money status, it just kind of pads you with a certain amount of conservatism. So, like, the conservative bits of the parents, like, you know, they're older, they're white, they're, like, rich. I'm like, yeah, you guys seem like Democrats, you know. Yeah. You're not, like, activists. You're not, like radical but like you seem like capital d democrats with money so when they said that i was like what republican yeah i just uh (laughs) because they felt very they felt very i mean there's one scene where sarah paulson talks about how she read an article or a book about how it's it was healthier for disabled people to live alone and be independent and she was advocating for her sister carla to have her own apartment and that felt like a very democrat moment to me because the way Diane Keaton responded was, she's like, this is your sister, not a political referendum. And I was like, yeah, that's not a Republican. Yeah. That doesn't, yeah. That's not a Republican
0: thing. To, okay. Um, man, this movie. Okay. So I was looking at my notes and now I want to address, um, I think we should talk about the mentally disabled, you know thing the The, mentally
1: disabled the fact that they had two um they had able able-bodied yes uh actors and act like an actor and actress play mentally disabled people and put on voices oh my god that's
0: the voice and here's the thing here's the thing um there is a flashback that we see you know it was the flashback where they decided okay we need to take carla somewhere Didn't that flashback remind you of the beginning of the Miracle Worker
1: (laughs) oh wow (laughs) it didn't it didn't at the time but i can definitely see that yeah just like because i I
0: remember watching the miracle worker and i remember like it you know helen keller is like at the dinner table and you know she's like she you know she's frustrated she can't communicate she's making a mess she's angry she's making like she's doing a whole bunch of stuff like that reminded me a lot of like the the flashbacks with Carla because it just seemed like she seemed to have like like this like frustration and like this this ability like to not really communicate the way that she wanted to and like as and while we were while we were watching the movie my boyfriend just like she just sounds like she's de- she sounds deaf. She sounds like she's deaf and
1: I was like yeah. And <laughs> yeah, she did. That's a yeah. And, and it's And they never they I also felt like it was You can't have a whole movie about two people who are mentally disabled, have their love and like some of the difficulties they face in the world and and prejudice, but also like them navigating and never clarify what they have. I'm not saying you need like a medical, you You don't need to be invasive, but it's also like I felt like it was kind of irresponsible and lazy to just. To not Yeah because I feel like I feel like the like people how do you behind sense th- something if you don't even say what it is.
0: Yeah, I feel like the people behind this movie didn't want to be specific about the issue. And even while I was like and you know, I've, you know, I I'm I'm half blind, so I spent a lot of time with other special needs kids with different special needs than mine, and I honestly can't say what the issue is like I can't diagnose it from what we see I don't know what it is like it seems like Carla has a form of like social disorder and it seems also that um, she gets triggered by people laughing at her like we see it in the flashback and we also see it later in the climax um, but I don't know like what that adds up to be, and I wouldn't even want to like try to diagnose no. it because I just like I'm gonna be wrong. And meanwhile, Giovanni Ribisi um, seems to have a learning disability. Like that seems to be because I mean other things he can do. Like he he maintains a job and also like a volunteer kind of internship job. He has an apartment. Like I mean he has trouble registering, which is how they meet. But
1: he. Seems seems to be he's a bit more i think it's not easier but i think that he his difficulties are less in of an impediment to him functioning independently than hers
0: yeah it seems
1: like he has problems in the
0: classroom that seems to be what his main issue is and you know his whole um his main issue i mean he doesn't have a trigger like carla does because carla has a legit trigger but he doesn't like to be considered dumb like that's his thing he doesn't like to be considered dumb also I think he's an alcoholic and I find it weird that the movie doesn't like address that seriously considering that we address Tom Skerritt's alcoholism seriously but Daniel is an alcoholic and when they get married at the end spoilers for the other sister they get married at the end I was just
1: like, but are we going to talk about the fact that he's an alcoholic? Because that's a thing. (laughs) And she and like the thing with I mean, like we could go in on alcoholism and how complicated it is and how a lot of people don't know how to support or handle it. You know, whether they have it or they're with someone who has it. But that's another thing like she definitely, you know, I don't like she wasn't in a good position to handle that. Not even because of her learning disability, but if she went to her mom or her family, her mom was such a helicopter mom. I don't think she would support her as an adult. She'd just freak out and be like, Daniel's drinking, you know, you can't have that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I mean having he, cause uh, the thing about, they Dan- also had two extremely like very, you know, attractive, successful, actors play you know I realize you can only do so much at once or yeah. whatever but it's like Giovanni Rabisi really <laughs> Like you don't have to think he's super hot but like it I don't it, it felt like they're like oh it's a lot for us to do a movie that actually focuses on uh, mentally disabled people in a humanizing way so like we better like you know, like God forbid we actually have anyone who's mentally disabled play these roles.
0: Yeah. Like uh, we'll uh, just uh, like
1: get these really hot people like in weird outfits. And yeah. that made me feel really uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Just basically like making them look frumpy. Like later in the scene where they put makeup on Juliet Lewis, I'm like, oh yeah, it's Juliet Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's just
1: like, yeah. Oh, whoops. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like even like, I mean, I was like, yeah exactly like they put makeup on and it's like
0: (laughs) yeah it's so um uh, what's what's weird about this movie is that you know this movie is a rom-com but it's also a drama about a mother and her a mother trying to deal with a daughter with mental illness and i i I'm not saying that there isn't a way to make those two movies work, but this isn't the way to do it because essentially like it's like there, it's just like two movies mashed together and it, it, it they kind of, they kind of work with each other a little bit, but it, it's telling two different stories and it's like, how does Diane Keaton let go? And, and it's weird how we're juxtaposing Diane Keaton letting go and letting her daughter be a grown woman with Diane Keaton getting married at the end. <laughs> because it's like, oh, that's that's what letting go looks like. She gets married to someone who she's definitely not ready to be married to. And we pretend
1: like it's a happy ending, even
0: though they can barely function together.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, it's it's kind of creepy how marriage is such a like I don't know. I mean, I guess my own feelings about the the institution of marriage. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's a stamp. It's a trope. It's a huge deal, and I'm not like disrespecting it for anyone out there who's married or excited about it, but the way it's slapped on is like this solution is really, it's, it's really weird. Cause this um, is, this is also a movie where after Carla
0: comes home the first time and they have a family dinner for the first time, which kind of mirrors the flashback. Cause it was also a family dinner where she got sent away in the first place. Um, Carla starts asking like about sex immediately like it's almost like the movie was like how are we going to introduce the rom-com plot oh yeah let's have Carla come home and start immediately talking about sex
1: at the dinner table that's how we're gonna do it (laughs) yeah yeah and oh they they also okay so for those listening who haven't seen it it's The movie is two hours and ten minutes long. Oh, it's long. So like you saying that it's two movies smashed into one, it literally is. It is. It's literally the length of two movies. Or, you know, almost the length of two movies. And it does, it did feel like, on one hand, I'm if anything, I do I do have a taste for movies that try to do too much. Like I think I I my curiosity makes it so that I'm I'm happy when a movie fills out all of the subplots i i'm I'm totally a glutton in that sense but with this movie it really did try to do too much with it did because
0: yeah because the themes we're working on so many themes like when like when diane keaton goes to pick up um carla and and she's getting a dressing down from the principal dude he's just like she wants dignity give her dignity There could be a whole movie about that. Just that thesis alone. Yeah. How to give your mentally challenged daughter a life with dignity and how to treat her like a full grown woman.
1: Right. Yeah. and, And
0: that's a compelling story in itself. And when we... So like essentially, she comes back. She wants to go to school. Diane Keaton doesn't want her go, want her to go to school. Diane Keaton concedes and lets her go to school. She meets Daniel Diane, and then and then she wants. Um, then Carla wants her own apartment. Diane Keaton says no at first, and then, of course, Diane Keaton says yes. Like the, a lot of the plot movement is like Carla, I want something. Diane Keaton, no. Then somebody being like, well, and then Diane Keaton being like, fine, sure. Um, An interesting thing, though, is that what I noticed is that once once um carla does have her own apartment and once she is like dating daniel in full swing they are very like active romantic partners they're very active protagonists in this story like if they want something from each other they ask for it if they want to know something from each other they ask for it they talk over everything it's really weird because like if it was a better performance like for example if they were both actually mentally challenged people and we knew who they were like it would be like a really great depiction of them because I mean in terms of like how rom-coms work it's a lot of people not doing things and not saying things and a lot of misunderstandings but that's not really the case with Carla and Daniel they're very upfront with each other and very direct with each other throughout this entire movie
1: yeah and they have a healthier relationship than a lot of than most rom-coms like they're, yeah they're vulnerable they they listen to each other and they take each other's feelings into account, even when it's scary. And so in a sense, like there, there's definitely a sense in which they are. And I, I definitely think this was intentional. They're a really healthy couple in a lot of ways They're And they're, they're kind of healthier than a lot of the other couples you see in the film. But again it would it feels like a waste of that opportunity to yeah. let mentally disabled actors have that role but also to clear away the chaff the ch- the chaff the chaff of some of the other subplots and and let their story actually be the center and not like Diane Keaton's neuroses and yeah. all of these other yeah
0: because Diane Keaton's arc really isn't solved in the end she just kind of gives up <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and i felt like it was very Again, I like Diane Keaton, so I I kind oh, of. Oh yeah, felt I mean, like- I
0: love Diane Keaton, and we were talking before recording, like Diane Keaton, like this, like privileged white woman who needs to be in control and is neurotic. Like this is her thing. This is this was her thing in Baby Boom. This is her thing in Something's Got to Give. This is just her thing. Period. Like the last time she wasn't neurotic was like the
1: seventies. <laughs> yeah, like it's and and you know, so you get the sense that that is maybe somewhat who she is on a certain level because she's so able to play it. Yeah. And that's, and it, and it, and she's a good enough actress that she's charming while doing that, which is such a, it's a very human three dimensional ability. Yeah. Uh, I felt like the filmmakers wanted because Diane Keaton's there, they want to use Diane Keaton, but really Diane Keaton didn't need to be the center of this.
0: Yeah. Diane Keaton, like there are plenty of ways where it almost looks like Diane Keaton is the star of this movie and she shouldn't be.
1: Yeah. Uh no, this is this is Juliet Lewis. This is Giovanni Ribisi. Okay uh,
0: So they so their courtship. Um Okay <laughs> It's so hard to make fun of this movie because I feel like any way to make fun of it is just like insensitive. Like I like some like halfway when I was watching it I was like I didn't think this
1: through because I don't know <laughs> I don't know how to It's, joke it's about hard to criticize it just the seems moments like, without feeling like you're being weirdly ableist right, or it, punching it, down or something. Yeah, exactly because it's like he likes marching bands. Yeah. A lot. And that's that's like a th- their this movie is very heavy on having a moment or a reference and then, and then bringing it back, you know, there's oh, yeah. like 18 Chekhov guns. <laughs> like it,
0: okay. it's the first time they, okay. Okay. So essentially like Carla, she's doing good in school. She starts dating Daniel. She has an apartment. She has Daniel over, you know, she's doing her thing. She's living her life and they talk about sex and they're just like, Oh, you know, like, w- when should we have it? And then Daniel's basically like, oh, I'm ready to have it whenever, girl. <laughs> and then Carla's like, oh, no, it should be a special occasion. So they pick Thanksgiving Um, and so Carla just like eats her food fast, and then she's just like, gotta go, so that they can have sex on Thanksgiving because it has to be special, so it has to be on a holiday. And you see how I'm trying really hard not to make fun of this because I don't know how, without feeling like an asshole. But why the fuck would you want to have sex on Thanksgiving? I just don't understand. I don't understand. And then and then she asks for music. And Carla likes the blues. something that like i found really interesting but it also like holds up because you know what are rich people rich white people like it's like high art what they consider to be high art made by black people like jazz and the blues like they love it so it makes sense she likes the blues play her the blues why did they have sex for the first time to marching band music i almost pulled out my hair my hair isn't even long enough to pull out and
1: i wanted to pull it out (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) i mean truly though that that i also felt like there was almost a, a, a voyeuristic notion with the sex because the movie spent about 20 minutes where um where where carla and and danny which is giovanni's character discuss sex between a few scenes like they discuss sex whether they've had it before he has fooled around with a woman once before when he was in high school because some other guys paid her and you you can infer from from his tale that it was not a prank on him but not as vulnerable as maybe he felt about the experience and then and then Carla reveals, you know, she's never had it. She's afraid. They talk about it. And then they get a book about sex and they look. Oh, yeah. They they look actually at look positions, through positions. And they, they pick out positions. So then on Thanksgiving, like they've picked their positions, everything. Yeah. He's bought condoms. Like they're prepared. And I mean, on one hand, like, great. And I think I am 100% in favor of movies that address sex in actually realistic ways. Yeah. And it's not just, you know, the first time. People fuck. It's amazing and just like completely smooth because that's not how it goes a lot of the time. Yeah, and I think that I think that they were trying to also be realistic about the fact that there's maybe other communication that you have to add onto the communication a lot of us have with sex. If a you're a virgin as an adult and you're mentally disabled and your parents haven't told you about it and your peers don't talk to you the same way about it, which was very obvious with Carla's character and the way Diane Keaton talked to her. Even so though, even so I felt like, yes, okay. The sex piece is important. Um, it's a very unifying human experience, but I felt like it was a little voyeuristic too, because I felt, and again, this could be me reading too deep into it. I felt like Gary Marshall or whoever made this specific decision was a little too obsessed with how do mentally disabled people navigate sex? Like I yeah it felt it just felt overdrawn like okay yeah they're it gonna felt, figure it out sex is very natural yeah
0: <laughs> like, I felt like there was like, an assumption that they would need like a visual a aid yeah yeah like they wouldn't be able to understand how to interpret their own, their like, own chemical but, like, 13 emotions year olds have sex I'm not yeah. saying they should
1: but like yeah to, it, it, <laughs> it's not that compl- having good sex yeah sure you might want to look at a book but like it's and not thing, that complicated yeah like, and the thing about Carla is that she's
0: not dumb like she's like she does well in her classes she understands like programming which is like more than I can
1: like I think that she could figure it out like I don't think and she again like her privileged background like she was better educated than a lot of people in many ways yeah and she has a lot of she has she's really they're both really good at expressing their emotions um, they have emotional triggers, but they're also really good at straightforward. Oh yeah. They say saying, exactly I feel what they sad, need to say. I feel angry. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was a good realistic depiction, but I also, the sex thing I just felt like was a little bit long drawn. Yeah. It was
0: long drawn. Um, so if you're wondering what the conflict in this movie is, aside from Diane Keaton, it is just Daniel because, Carla as a person is pretty well adjusted and doesn't really like once she gets going, she's doing well for herself to the point where I'm just like, What does Carla? What's her arc? I forgot what her, or, like, I was like, I was trying to find it because what it seems like the person who has the most issues uh, aside from Diane Keaton is Daniel because we find out essentially like Daniel works a job, but it's not enough for his rent, his dad. Um, is a car dealer, like luxury car dealer, and he pays his rent. But his dad pays his rent on the condition that he passes all his classes. And we find out that he does not. He didn't pass all of his classes at the um, at the Halloween party um, where where Carlos dressed up as a swan and he's dressed up as a dog. It's actually really funny. T- it's we. It's funny and like a mean when like that gets. R- when it gets revealed that like Diane Keaton meets him, cause she's just like, Car- she's like, Carla's a very rich girl and he just wants her money. And then he meets, and then she meets him and realizes that he is mentally disabled. And then she's like, Oh, it's great. They're going to have a great time. And that
1: switch really made me uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, well that was totally a weird <laughs> condescending moment there. That was like, like you understood that like her fear was at, Carla was getting taken advantage of. Right. Yeah. But there's so many levels there with, there was this condescending like, oh, he can be no danger because he's mentally disabled. right? Yeah. She was just like, oh, this is going to be great. Like, and it, it, it did, it felt very condescending and demeaning because it was just like, oh, whatever. Okay. Oh yeah.
0: So whoa. Yeah.
1: And like, I don't really like the word emasculating because I also feel like there's just a lot there. Yeah. There's a lot of baggage with that word. There's a lot of baggage with that word. And like, homophobia and and yeah whatever but uh i did i felt like that was an emasculating moment in a very specific yeah place. and like i mean they have to view him, p- him as an adult anymore right
0: she i mean not view carla as an adult i mean it also doesn't help that daniel is dressed as like a puppy dog and giovanni rabisi looks, looks really like convincingly like a puppy it was just like oh look I mean, at the baby like a baby
1: baby He has a little baby face. Yeah, he does. It's adorable. Yeah. And it's sexy at times. But in this movie, it was played up as adorable. Yeah. Which is, again, that that in itself, I think, is fine. But in that moment, it felt very uncomfortable. Yeah,
0: it felt, yeah, because it was just like, oh, she's going with a child. Yeah, it was weird. And so they go and Carla and they, I guess they get their grades and Carla passed all her classes and she's excited and she's triumphant. And then Daniel, like, realizes, oh, no, he didn't. He didn't pass all his classes. And, you know, um, he... He deals with it by drinking like he not with Carla, but like later we see him just like drinking and like singing songs and like, you know, just like dealing with it and trying to convince himself that he isn't dumb and he feels dumb. And then, you know, his dad is like, like stops paying his rent. So he has to go to floor. So his dad basically is like, OK, well, you didn't pass your classes for this one semester. Wow. Or quarters. I don't know if it's a quarter system um you didn't pass your classes this one time so you're just being totally cut off entirely which seems dickish to me like what it seems like if this movie was about Daniel we'd find out that her his dad just doesn't want anything to do with him and is just like look here I can't talk to you. Here's money. Like that's what it seems like that relationship is. Like it seems to be implied to be really unhealthy. And Daniel seems to deal with this loneliness that he seems to feel like very palpable loneliness by just drinking a lot. And, and he has like a cool neighbor. I can't remember who he's played by. Hector Elizondo. He is in all of Gary Marshall's movies. Like I don't know if every single one, but I know that definitely like he's in the, princess diaries one princess diaries two he's in pretty woman he's in this like i don't know if he's in princess bride and i'm not sure but I yeah i love him yeah. yeah he's
1: in. yeah he's a gary marshall staple that guy and he and he was a great you know he was a great side character and he was he was a neighbor and he was a vietnam war vet which danny he, tells carla at one point and he he very much has a brotherly Brotherly, unclely vibe where yeah. he'll he'll come over and check in on Daniel, especially if Daniel's being loud to make sure that he doesn't bother the other neighbors. And Daniel comes over to drink at one point, and and Hector doesn't stop him because he actually does treat him like an equal yeah like an like <laughs> what an a adult. surprise yeah yeah, it, yeah it's um, very yeah their relationship is very good their I relationship mean, was good if there was more of you know more more of that yeah more hey,
0: his characters put pl- named ernie if there was
1: like more ernie. ernie more more ernie less diane keaton oh yeah definitely it would be less a totally different <laughs> movie <laughs> um because but, like
0: daniel has a really daniel actually has an art daniel actually changes yeah um he does ha- he halfway through the halfway through the movie they watch the graduate and in the most grown worthy part of this movie they misunderstand the ending of the graduate they do not understand that the ending isn't happy and that makes me so fucking angry because like it's making a lot of assumptions about the disabled not being able to understand movies and i don't know if that's actually true and yeah and it's like
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and it does and it is grown worthy too because it feels like a moment where you're supposed to kind of laugh. Yeah, it's supposed to. Be, oh, and it's funny. Like, they don't understand like, the graduate. And it's like no, that's not. I'm like, that's not funny. Uh, yeah, because I felt like the movie obviously does enough. It, like it. There's enough otherizing. Yeah, you know? there's
0: enough. Like they you could they could just enjoy this. the graduate and be like, "Wow, that was that was that a was compelling a nice film <laughs> yeah. with a bittersweet ending," you know? I mean, I'm not saying that they need to like go into like intense analysis, but the fact that they that there's so much of their understanding of their like relationship and love is based on a misunderstanding of the graduate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's so fucking mad because later, okay, so they so they have sex at Thanksgiving and whatever. And um, there's an engagement party for um uh, Carla's sister, who played by Poppy Montgomery. I don't know what that girl's name is in the movie. Poppy Montgomery is getting married. There's a, a engagement party. Daniel feeling dumb feeling you know he's not feeling not feeling confident not 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 feeling accepted by her family um and all of that stuff he drinks like a lot like a lot and then he gets on stage (laughs) and steals the mic and tells everyone that him and Carla had sex and uh, what what happens after that is just the most. It's it's the it's one of the worst scenes I've ever had oh, to sit that, through. I hated
1: that scene. Oh my god! So. Why
0: did you have to tell our love secret? And they're just like yelling at each other. And then of course, because like what happens is, is that people laugh at Carla, and that's her trigger. And so she completely goes off. And then Carla calls Daniel dumb, which, which is, is his, his trigger. Yeah, which is his trigger. And it's just like and and it's just like them. And Daniel doesn't understand what he did wrong, and Carla really hurts his feelings. And Carla is just like in crisis mode, and they just like they just like break up. And then for a stretch of the movie, it's just like wedding bullshit, and who cares? And then um, essentially, Daniel's like on a f- uh, getting ready to go back to Florida. And then he talks to some stranger and the stranger seems really irritated with him, of course. And then he's, and then he talks about the graduate and like expresses his misunderstanding of it. And then it's just like, okay, I'm going to go crash this wedding, like the graduate. And then it's just like a race to the wedding. Woo. We haven't seen this before or after.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that. I mean, that again goes back to how long it was. I'm just like, there's so much they could have cut out. Like, like okay, they okay. Didn't, like yeah, have them get in a fight. Sure, you know, I get it. You're trying to add texture to the relationship and show, you know the difficulties that are implicit in love right, with yeah. anyone, but, but it just felt forced. It felt cringy. And then there was like an extra 40 minutes of movie. And I was like, "Honestly, yeah, I'm, de- I'm out. And I, and I was invested, you know? Uh, yeah. Like, I
0: was invested. Uh, and
1: like, here's the thing. We could have ended the movie
0: with him crashing the wedding and proposing. We could have ended it there. The fact that w- after he proposes, we still have to deal with the planning of another motherfucking wedding.
1: <laughs> it was, <laughs> it yeah. Was, oh my god, I was, it was so was fucking, fucking mad. Drawn out, like, and I, I feel like this also. <laughs> I feel like movies have. I wouldn't say all movies have gotten shorter. I think that they have to be a specific kind of movie to be that long anymore. And I feel... and, And it made me think, okay, I don't think that all movies for 1999 are that long but I'm like I feel like it used to be more common for movies to just drag on yeah I mean I
0: don't know and the only time now that a rom-com is that long is if it's made by Judd Apatow
1: right yeah. yeah
0: like no one else does it it's just him and everybody's been talking shit about it for years so I don't know why he still does it but whatever <laughs> yeah he's like oh it's fine I, I get to do this oh yeah this is 40 went on forever let's make train wreck also so go on forever. Oh man. I, ha- I have train wreck train wreck is too long for what it is. It's yeah. too long for what it is. And if it's going to be that long, it should have had more LeBron because LeBron was getting the big laughs for me. LeBron James, very funny in train wreck. LeBron, LeBron should be in more comedies. Oh I my was, gosh, I was mad that she didn't end up with LeBron at the end. I really was. I was like, he's so charming and funny and kind and in touch with his emotions and Bill Hader, is being a dick. Stay, be
1: with LeBron. Oh my gosh, I need to watch Trainwreck. Like, as much as I don't want
0: Amy Schumer to ever end up with the black person because she's <laughs> racist. Yeah, like, that's if, true. If it's going to be a black person, let it be LeBron. Yeah, like. <laughs>
1: I, uh, LeBron, I didn't even know LeBron was. I mean, I I LeBron haven't seen it. LeBron plays so I don't Bill
0: Hader's best friend in the movie.
1: Wait, so Bill Hader and LeBron are fighting over Amy, and she picks Bill no, Hader? no, no,
0: no, 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 no. Bill, it's weird. Bill Hader is like. It's weird. He's like a sports doctor and and LeBron plays himself. Okay. Um, and they're, they're besties, but like LeBron is like really, really responsible for Bill Hader, like confronting his emotions and like being a
1: better partner. Like LeBron is like this great influence on him. That's adorable. I love that. (laughs) I hope this launches LeBron's you know side acting career please please more lebron
0: more lebron like he's movies. obviously
1: already got his hands full but yeah i would love that yeah um, eh, <laughs> I love that he was. I love that he, you know, because every rom com has that one cool friend that you wish was more prevalent, and you're like, they seem like the only one I'd ever want to fuck.
0: <laughs> oh my god, LeBron oh my gives god. Bill Hader this great like emotional intervention in the in the movie, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> what a good boy. What a good friend. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I love it. Um. Uh. Anyway, this movie, the other sister, the other sister, Dan. Daniel, uh, Daniel and Carla, they get married. They get married, okay? They get married at the end. I think that it's too early for them to get married. Diane Keaton also thinks that it's too early. I'm on the side of Diane Keaton, honestly. I I was like, the, the whole end of the movie, I was like, no, Diane Keaton is right. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> You're making me side with Diane Keaton. Like, if you had ended this movie 30 minutes
1: earlier, I'd
0: still be on your side. Right? This is just too
1: long. Like... It, it like it, it felt painful to be on Diane Keaton's side. Yeah, I felt like shit. I was like, oh no, I'm like, on the wasp. I'm on the side of the Republican homophobe. Like, what has this <laughs> movie done to me? Like, this is this is a oh lot. Oh my god, you know, and man, you know this movie. It's I think I mean I'm I'm it's on Netflix. So I mean, if I you want to put everyone yourself has through Netflix pain at this point, if you have two hours and you wanna you wanna form your own opinions or you've seen it before i mean we've both seen it but yeah. we had to rewatch to yeah i had to
0: rewatch it um it was definitely harder to watch this time oh
1: yeah like i was i was a child i think i was also a teen i think i i saw it a few times but um We used to make, well, yeah, never, I won't even. It's Uh,
0: like, it's so, uh, it's, there's just a lot. There is a compelling movie in there. Like if somebody decided to remake the other sister and make sure that the children, that the, that the, that the young adults were actually mentally disabled people, mentally disabled actors. And if like the running time was a slick 90 minutes, I think that would be a good movie. There is, there is a way to do it. Like I've even That's, seen, you yeah. know, um, like, a even like Todd Salons like in Wiener Dog like <laughs> depicts the mentally disabled like he depicts I don't know if you've don't watch Todd Salon movies I don't even know who I'm talking about it but Todd Salons did a movie which is a uh, which is like a kind of sequel to Welcome to the Dollhouse called Wiener Dog and there's an autistic couple in it and like they're autistic they're married and it's natural and like they there are two autistic actors and like I'm not saying that Todd is the best at depicting humans. He's generally depicts the worst and most disgusting parts of humanity in general, especially if we're talking about happiness, but like, there there's a responsibility like now since we're here like even in like glee glee had glee had an autistic um teenage girl character she was a cheerleader and you know people didn't make fun of her she was depicted well you know i mean considering for a ryan murphy joint ryan murphy actually specifically seems to cast a lot of autistic actresses and i find that to be really interesting and i think more Directors should do it, especially ones that are less exploitive in their writing than Ryan Murphy
1: personally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is a strange disconnect when a writer, or director whose actual artistic sensibilities don't blow you away is sensitive to casting choices and like they know how to address specific roles in an intelligent way, but you don't actually really love their vision in the large scheme. (laughs) So you're like, okay, like the, the nuanced roles and the, and actually casting autistic actresses. Yes, but Glee, mm, uh, (laughs) I mean, Glee is surprisingly like, it's weird. Glee is exploitive to
0: almost every minority group except the mentally challenged. And I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the it's mentally challenged is like, is like the one it's like the one group that he treats with a lot of humanity in my opinion and a lot of you know, nuance.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Like even his, even like as a gay man his gay characters are really stereotypical but for some reason this one
1: thing he got right. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think, I, I, I think with other sister, why it bothers me is because it has so many good ingredients. Like you said, yeah. it was remade. Th- I think this is a movie that should exist. I think that it's depressing that there's, I don't have a list of movies off the top of my head. That would be its contemporaries. Not yeah. that there are none, but, yeah. um, and it did have amazing... It had an amazing cast. Yeah. It obviously had a budget. They obviously could afford to make it two hours. Yeah. So, I found myself also... Um, side note.
0: I found myself being attracted to Tom Skerritt in this movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he was like sexy dad. Yeah. And like you... It was... And, and like I, uh, I did empathize with Diane Keaton in the sense that I felt like he played like I didn't agree with her, but I did feel like he played the cool dad in the sense that he would just not do anything. Yeah. So and he would always
0: had, be the good guy. He was and she always was always the, the, the bad guy, guy, but it was
1: because he just didn't fucking make any decisions. Right. Yeah. And so with that, I felt for her. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, I've seen that is a very common dynamic, yeah. especially in like, like that that is thats a gender dynamic too. I feel like. Yeah,
0: she um, was. She was the shrew. Yeah, she, she had to she be the shrew. She played the shrew. The shrew. Uh,
1: but he could get it. Oh yeah, he could yeah, get he it. he could like, definitely get it. That
0: was a nice mustache. I was
1: like, oh, Tom Scaryface. Yeah, is was like, okay, not bad. Not got bad. A sexy dad thing going. <laughs> All right. But
0: yeah, I don't <laughs> know. If you you should, I don't know if you should see the other sister, y'all. Like, I guess if you want to know what we're talking about, you should see it. And also, if you're a screenwriter and/or a filmmaker and you want
1: to remake it with a little bit more dignity, you should also do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, I I mean, I would absolutely watch a remake because I'm assuming it would be a lot shorter. Oh yeah. I would waste less of my time on that. Yeah. And, and I mean, I knew that I would get the catharsis of talking about it on this podcast. And I was like, Jordana is the perfect person to talk about this with. Yeah. Um, because I know we're going to have a lot of similar sentiments, but also different observations. And, There's just, there's a lot. There's a lot in this movie. Like if you're, if you're feeling contemplative, but not in a, in a super deep way, but you want to, you know, watch something where there's a lot of layers you could get at the the other sister has them. It's just not, not actually done well if
0: you if you are a rom-com screenwriter and you want to figure out how to make your characters more active i would say watch the other sister and pay close attention to how giovanni rabisi and juliette lewis actually speak to each other and express their feelings because y'all need help with that (laughs) true (laughs) um but yes 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 so this has been this has been the other sister i you know i had some cider i'm okay Me too.
1: I'm feeling good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, you can, I, I recently, um, updated the Twitter a little bit. Um, it is still, it's bromance pod. I cut, I cut the cast. So it's like a little shorter. So it's like bromance, bromance pod at bromance pod. If you want to follow this podcast, um, still, working out like details and stuff like that about like where, where this, where this podcast is going to live <laughs> in general, working at all of the very, very fun branding stuff. But I'm very excited about Me where too. we're going to go with this.
1: <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Feel free to share, comment, like, uh, you know, write about us in your journal, send us a screenshot. Oh yeah. Positive stuff. Um, I'll block you very quickly. Um, yeah. Have a great day, night, whatever it is for you.
0: Bye.